0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, Pouda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosevoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report and on Instagram, at Saints underscore straight up. And yet again, the Saints End up losing in not even heartbreaking fashion, more frustrating fashion. Uh, they're dropped to one and two. This does not look like the team that people thought they would be a couple of months ago. And I think it's safe to say after three weeks, if you're still thinking, oh, this is going to be a ride into the sunset Super Bowl season for Drew Brees get that idea out of your head, because that's not going to happen with the way this team's playing football. Now, that doesn't mean they can't get there, but right now, this looks like an underachieving 7-9 football team. It looks like a 2014 defense with a quarterback, unf- afraid to pull the trigger on deep shots and just double clutching every single time he snaps the football, and there's so many issues that we need to address, and I'll talk about in this one. And it's not going to be like the previous um, podcast after the Raiders game, where I was frustrated, because that was one of those games where the team just flat out didn't show up. This Saints team did show up for spurts of this game, but it comes down to not being disciplined and just not being smart from the coaching staff. Uh, And that's something that us Saints fans have not done a good enough job of doing. So everyone's quick to blame Drew Brees. Everyone's quick to get on Cam Jordan, on Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Andrews Pete, whoever the hell you want to get on. But let's talk about Sean Payton. Let's talk about what this man has not done in September. And it happens every single year and you think you change it, but he just keeps getting worse in the month of September. I don't understand what he's doing as a play caller. Do I think that Drew Brees is limiting the playbook? Absolutely, because he can't throw deep anymore, and he's not even trying to throw deep, which is an issue because you're letting defenses constantly creep up closer to the line of scrimmage. They're jamming, they're playing playing press coverage because they don't think you're going to throw it over the top, and let's be real, he's not going to. Um, But at the same time, I don't know what Sean Payton's doing. So let's go back and look at what happened last night against the Packers. Drew Brees, who I think struggled in the first half, didn't look confident, Suddenly starts making better throws after that uh, touchdown and the half to Emmanuel Sanders. He's starting to hit some of those throws. He's hitting a couple of dig routes to Sanders. He hit Jared Cook on a deep crossing route for about 15, and it looks like he's starting to get in rhythm. Then they put in Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, for some reason, still doesn't know how to run a read option, which is a high school play for the love of God. And he fumbles the football. The Packers get it. And, and right there, momentum is killed. This team did not have anything left. And the Packers just ended it right there and took the kill shot when they had it. And I have been one of those people that says the Saints have to use Taysom Hill. They have to use him more. You can't pay him and not use him. That makes no sense to pay this guy money and just not use him at all. That being said... When your quarterback who's struggling this entire season finally gets in rhythm, when you decide to take him out right then and there, you better hope you have something drawn up better than a goddamn read option play because I really don't know what the thought process is there. You know Taysom Hill can't run read option well. He makes the wrong read every single time. He made the wrong read again on that play when he should have gave it to Murray. He pulls out, and guess what happens? He fumbles the football, which is the first time he's made a real big mistake. And I'm sure Twitter had a field day with Taysom Hill making a mistake because Sean Payton was dumb enough to pay him all that money. But let's be real, he did make a mistake, and he made a mistake that cost him the game. We can go through all the players that didn't play well, and I will in just a little bit, but that fumble killed any momentum the Saints have. The defense makes a killer stop on fourth down, and all of a sudden, you just fumble the ball, give it right back to Aaron Rodgers, who goes out there, and quickly, quickly, Puts up, I believe, a, a field goal drive for them. And the Saints offense just goes three and out after. They just look stagnant. I don't understand what Sean Payton was doing there. And I know Sean Payton's a coach that when they get into October, he really hits the ground running. That Saints team in October is usually unbeatable. And with the way this schedule looks this year, they should have chances to win their all their October games. I'm not denying that. But you cannot, in the NFC, when only one team gets a bye week, think, oh yeah, we can just turn it on in October, we'll be fine. doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. You got to look at the rest of the NFC. You got to see a team like the Bears are cooking, the Packers are cooking. You got the whole NFC West is good. Every single team in the NFC West is good. You can't just you know think to yourself, oh, we'll be fine when we get to October. It does not work that way in this NFC. But let's talk about another main issue from this game, and I'll address Breeze in a little bit. I'm sure that'll be a you know a talking point for a lot of shows today. Um, and not saying it shouldn't, um, but there's a bigger issue to address here, and that bigger issue is the Saints defense, because do you know how many points the Saints defense has given up in the last two weeks combined? They've given up 71 points, 71. I don't know when we turned back the clock and went to this 2014 Jairus Bird defense that absolutely sucks at everything, has zero identity, but here we are. They looked great in week one. I even thought to myself, this is a defense in terms of talent that is capable of carrying this football team in certain spurts. That is not the case. This defense is a bad defense. And if the only thing you're good at defensively is just hoping the other team makes bad passes, I don't know what you're good at then. Because Tom Brady made bad passes week one, the Saints intercepted him. Week two, this team let Derek Carr just throw all over them. Week three, they let Aaron Rodgers, without his best wide receiver, throw all over them. And there's a lot of guys who deserve responsibility here. I'm going to take out two and say they've been playing good football because they have. I think Trey Hendrickson's been playing good football. I think DeMario Davis, per usual, is playing good football. There are a couple guys that I really need to get on here, and it all starts with number 94, who I'm sure is going to have some stupid, sarcastic comment this week. But Cam Jordan, where are you? It's three games. You don't have a sack. Three games. You do have a wise crack about the Buccaneers' uh, home crowd. You do have a wise remark about the 24-hour rule. You do have another remark about frustration. You know what's frustration? When the Saints pay you a lot of money and you don't have a sack through three weeks. That's frustration. When Marcus Davenport misses time, you know you have to shoulder the load and you don't have a sack. That's frustration. When Mercedes Lewis, a veteran tight end who really shouldn't be in the National Football League anymore, he's washed up in my opinion, blocks you for a rushing touchdown for Aaron Jones, that's frustration. When a 30-plus-year-old tight end is blocking your best defensive end with ease too, mind you, one-on-one, that is an issue. And Cam Jordan will maybe turn it around. I'm not saying he's washed up. Because he's still in his prime in terms of years. But what the hell is going on? I mean, he hasn't done anything productive. He looks terrible out there. Trey Hendrickson's by far their best defensive end. And I'd go as far to say Carl Granderson's been their second best defensive end. Cam Jordan has been terrible. And that is part of the issue. The Saints have never had a secondary that locks people up. Do they have occasional games where they do it? Absolutely. But what they usually rely on is Cam Jordan to give them 15 sacks. That's out the window. Unless Cam's going to get 15 sacks in 13 games. It's not going to happen this year. He looks bad, and we need to address that. How about Marshawn Lattimore? I know you guys are going to say that I'm harsh on him. I thought he didn't play a bad game. He made two big mistakes that were huge. But other than that, I thought he played a decent game. But I, I want to know why Lattimore's programmed the way he is. Like, Why do you need to face a big-time receiver to give your best every single snap? And it's something that the Saints are going to have to address when they're in contract negotiations. And for you guys just listening right now, I need to you know throw this out there. I want the Saints to keep Lattimore long-term because I don't think it's easy to find a cornerback better than Lattimore long-term. So I think you keep him. But you need to figure out that issue because if you don't, For the next four or five years, you're going to be paying him, and you're going to be like, man, he doesn't bring it every single snap for every single game, and that is a concern. So I'm a little worried about that with Lattimore, but I didn't think he played a terrible game. I think it was like a C-plus football game for him. I'm going C-plus because you hope he locks up Lazar. Wasn't the case, but Lazar wasn't just matched up against him. He was matched up in a lot of zone situations, where he was in P.J. Williams' area or Marcus Williams' area, and he just did a good job there. So one big play that Lattimore gave up, but you really just hope he doesn't do that in the near future. He's too good to get beat by now Lazar, and then let me talk about the safeties, the safeties were supposed to be the strength of this defense, no, just absolutely no, I I mean, you look at Marcus Williams, who hasn't played that good yet, and then you look at Malcolm Jenkins, who I thought actually played a lot better last night, I thought he brought the the boom on a lot of hits, Um, I thought he was good in run support, he clearly is good in blitzing situations, and there were a couple of times where he fake a blitz and drop back into coverage, and take Rodgers off of his first read, which I thought was pretty good, so the big issue for Malcolm Jenkins, honestly, is the refs called a lame horse collar tackle on him, which wasn't a horse collar, so that was an issue. And then the push-off by Mercedes Lewis, which wasn't called. So if you take those two plays out, which I'm saying you take them out because they were bad officiated plays, Malcolm Jenkins did not have a bad football game. I know the narrative is going to be that he didn't play good, but I thought Malcolm Jenkins was fine. I think Marcus Williams made the biggest mistake of the game with that lousy P.I., which, again, uncatchable ball, but when you're Aaron Rodgers, you do get that call. And... I don't know what he was doing there. You had your guy. The, the ball is not going to be caught. No need to touch him. He sometimes just has these mental lapses. I think Marcus Williams is a talented football player, but those mistakes are absolutely brutal for the Saints defense. And, and really, when you look at it, it's okay to lose football games. It happens. The National Football League is the hardest league to win games, and I get it. The way the Saints losing, though, it's frustrating because all of these penalties are adding up and they're the most undisciplined team in football. They are easily going to be the most penalized team at the end of the year at this rate, by far. And that can't happen because the Saints are as talented as they are undisciplined. And when you have that, guess which one rules the day? The undisciplined part will always trump the talented part because it's going to happen in big moments. You're going to get sloppy with your technique. You're going to get called for a lot of PIs, which the secondary does. And it's a big issue. Because the Saints defense has the talent to turn it around. I will not deny that. They got two good corners, two good safeties, a good linebacker, a couple of good DNs when Marcus Davenport comes back, if he ever comes back. Uh, good defensive lineman when you have on um, But, man, it is frustrating watching this defense because it's a defense that showed you they can limit an explosive Buccaneers offense to 24 points and also have a pick six in that game. But then they can go out and let Derek Carr look like Aaron Rodgers, and, and and then Aaron Rodgers look like prime Aaron Rodgers. Like That is definitely an issue to address with this defense, and I'm sure that's a big problem. Now let's switch gears. I know you guys want to talk about it. I didn't think he was that bad yesterday. We'll talk about um, most of the throws here, um, but here we go. Drew Brees, in the first half, looked bad. There's there's no denying it. I thought he looked scared on a lot of throws. I thought he was he's double-clutching. He was afraid to uncork it loose. Um, And it was a big problem, a really big problem because the Packers are just saying, hey, just take your check down. Who gives a crap? Well, you're just going to keep everything in front of us and we're going to tackle. And you can't always rely on that if you're Drew Brees. Yet he was doing that in the first half. And then towards the end of the first half, he hits Emmanuel Sanders for a much needed touchdown pass. It was a 12 yards through the air. So not exactly a bomb from Drew Brees. But at this point in his career, you might as well call it one. And they score there. Emmanuel Sanders starts to get his confidence. And then all of a sudden, the Saints start going back to that well. They start throwing to Sanders a little bit more. They're getting Traquan Smith involved a little bit. Jared Cook gets a nice uh, reception, but then hurts his ankle. And then all of a sudden, the the rest of that the team, when the Taysom Hill play happened, it just stopped. Everything stopped. This, this offense looked out of rhythm. Drew Brees looked out of rhythm. I would say Drew Brees played a B-minus football game. I don't think he was as bad as people are going to say he was. I also don't think he's as good as these people are going to say he was because they're going to look at the stats. They're going to see that he completed most of his passes. He had three touchdowns, no picks. You're going to say, yeah, he had a good football game. You need to watch the game to understand what happened. Now, I am not in the bench Drew Brees department. Because I think the people who are saying bench Drew Brees don't understand that their options legitimately aren't good. You have Taysom Hill, who hasn't started a football game. And then you have Jameis Winston, who we know is a turnover machine. So I'm not exactly eager for them to just get out of this Drew Brees era um, without having a legitimate plan. And with Brees right now, I need to see him with Michael Thomas and see how he performs before I'm ready to say, let's just cut the cord. But I do think there are obvious issues to address. And the obvious issue is that he's not saying what he said he would do. Before the season started, Drew Brees said, I'm on borrowed time and I'm going to cut it loose. That's cool and all, but you haven't been cutting it loose. In fact, you've been doing the exact opposite. You aren't cutting it loose. You're throwing the ball horizontally. Everything's behind the sticks. When he has a chance to throw a deep, he doesn't take that chance. And it looks like he doesn't take that chance. Not because he doesn't trust his receiver. He doesn't trust himself. And that is a problem. And I know that not having Michael Thomas hurts, and I've said it multiple times, he is the most valuable player on this Saints football team. But even without Michael Thomas, you have to be better than that. And I thought he was much better than he was in week two because he didn't miss the throws that he usually makes. So the short routes, he was hitting. He was in time, He had good timing with his receivers. So that was good. So I think the Drew Brees' completely washed crowd is wrong. But the Drew Brees has a noodle arm crowd is absolutely right because he is not taking those shots down the field. So it's a delicate balance of saying, look, he's still good enough to be a game manager and hit the throws that he normally hits, which is true because he did it yesterday. But on the flip side, he's not pushing the ball down the field. The the defense is just sitting in cover two, and he could attack the seams, but he's not doing that, which he usually... Drew Brees, what he did in his prime in terms of attacking the seams was unreal. Him and Marcus Colston had a fantastic connection. So did Jimmy Graham on those routes. They are not attacking the seams. You know why? Because he doesn't trust himself right now to attack the seams. So I really don't understand there. It's frustrating. I still think he's their best option at quarterback. You can you could argue with the wall if you want. You're not going to get it past me here. You can tell me Jameis Winston's better. I haven't seen a damn thing that tells me that. And Taysom Hill can't even run the read option correctly. So I'm supposed to believe that he's going to run the Saints offense correctly. I'm going to hold judgment there, but I don't think that's the answer either. Um, So there are definitely questions for Drew Brees. Absolutely. But on a day like today, the biggest question is why is this defense so bad right now? Why? Because the Saints still put up 30 points last time I checked, which is much better than they looked last week and the week before. But you gave up 37 points to a Devontae Adamless Packers team. That cannot happen. And yet it did, and it happened with ease, and it felt like the Packers settled for a lot of field goals instead of touchdowns, which means this score could have been even worse than it actually was. That really is really, really frustrating. And I'm going to probably end this podcast on a positive note, but there's a couple more things I want to talk about before I do that. And let's talk about Andrews Pete. That looks like an injury that's, that gets him out for the season. I know you guys are going to be happy about it. I tried to defend Andrews Pete this season. I said he got in shape. He looked motivated. I am ready to not only switch my stance, apologize for even being kind to him. Andrews Pete is made a class. He's not good. He gets beat on every play. I think the Saints are probably actually better off now with Nick Easton and Cesar Ruiz. And now Nick Easton, I think, is terrible. But I think Ruiz is already better than Pete. I saw enough from Ruiz last night to say, all right, I like what the Saints got in this kid. There was never a time in my life where I said, I like what the Saints have in Andrews Pete. And he's constantly hurt. He's constantly getting beat when he is in the game. And yet, guess what? They paid him a lot of money, and he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. So even when Drew Brees isn't the quarterback, whoever the next quarterback is for the Saints is going to have to deal with that piece of shit giving up big plays. He constantly has to turn his head because he gets beat. And guess what? The Packers were missing their best interior defensive lineman last night in Kenny Clark. You couldn't tell because Andrew Pete was getting beat constantly all night long. And now he's out for the season. I, I, at this point, there's no win-win for the Saints. It's a lose-lose. He doesn't play. You're just paying a guy who's not playing. He does play. He absolutely sucks, and you're paying a guy who's not worth the money that you gave him. It's a lose-lose scenario, and the Saints can blame themselves for that scenario. Um, now, I still think he was better than Larry Warford. I'll fight that one every single day because Larry Warford was washed and not athletic. Andrews Pete's just crap but athletic. So you take that one, I guess, over the guy who's washed. But, again, that's an injury that will probably knock him out for the rest of the season, if not all of it, uh, if not all of it, most of it. So that's an issue there. Um, and another guy I wanted to talk about before I get into my only positive for that Saints game, Emmanuel Sanders. He he looked frustrated. He looked like he had his head down a couple of times, wasn't getting the targets. He did get a lot of them towards the second half. I wonder if that will change and he'll be more involved in the game plan moving forward. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders can still play, guys. He's not the problem. You want to look at the lack of production? It is not because of Emmanuel Sanders. It's because of this offense and the way they're playing. It's because of the quarterback. It's because of the play calling. Um, so the real question that you want to ask is why aren't Drew Brees and Sean Payton doing a better job of getting Emmanuel Sanders the football? Not why is Emmanuel Sanders not getting open to get the football because he is open, folks. He's just not getting the football right now, which is a big issue for the Saints. But I said I'm going to end this on a positive note, and I will. And it's hard to do that when you're 1-2 and two and you look like crap. But I'll say this. If you had any doubts about whether or not the Saints were right in paying Alvin Kamara, last night should have erased them. He's that good. Right now, through three weeks, and this is only three weeks, and I get it, He's the best running back in football by a wide margin. And a lot of people are going to sit here and say, are you overreacting? Why can't I say that? For the last couple of years, we have been playing, oh, he's the best running back in the league by a year-to-year basis. No one said Christian McCaffrey was the best running back in the NFL prior to last season. No one said that. And then he had a really good year, and we said, all right, CMC, best running back in the NFL. Guess what? Alvin Kamara right now is the best running back in the NFL. We could play this year-to-year bullshit all the time, but when it works in the Saints' favors, we have to cut it out? I don't think so. He is playing outstanding football. His yards per touch is up. He has over 10 yards per reception. So basically every time you're giving him the ball, he's getting a first down. He looks sharp on his cuts. He never looks like he's moving. And the Saints, the way they're using him touch-wise, not bad. 19 touches yesterday, I believe 11 of them, were through the air, which means you're doing a good job of using him more as a receiver, not taking as many hits as he would as a running back. He looks outstanding, guys. He looks so good that I'm happy he didn't go... He negotiated his contract already. Could you imagine what the Saints would have to pay him after this season? He would have to get paid more than McCaffrey, believe it or not. Because if the Saints didn't pay him, someone would pay him more than McCaffrey, especially with the way he looks right now. He looks like he has added juice. He is breaking tackles, making guys miss. You're throwing the ball behind the sticks, and he's getting at least 10 yards every time. I mean, he is phenomenal. That touchdown he had in the third quarter last night, was just sensational. That's probably going to be the touchdown of the year in terms of making guys miss, making something out of nothing. Drew Brees just put his hands up in disbelief. It's like this guy is one of those players where you just give him the ball, let him go to work on a constant basis, and you'll be okay. And he said after the game, we have to do more. I know he's being politically correct here. He doesn't have to do more. He is doing more than enough. The rest of the team needs to help Alvin Kamara because right now through three weeks, he has been by far the best player on the Saints football team. By far the best player. Um but uh, look on the on the bright side, the Saints do have their wide receiver of the future and running back of the future locked up for a long time, and that is at least good news. And it's tough to find good news when your team is one and two, but that would be the one positive here. And I'm going to end it on that note because I really don't want to get too much into this game and start crying over it. And here's the deal. The Saints defense didn't show up and their offense isn't pushing the ball down the field. It's that simple. And when you don't have an identity, when the only thing you're good at is running the football and your coach refuses to run the football every single drive, you're not going to win football games, guys, because that's the only thing the Saints are good at right now. They're good at running the football. But apparently, Latavius Murray must have killed Sean Payton's mother or something because he never uses him enough. And Sean Payton loves to get too cute when he shouldn't. And this is what happens you get stuck in a one and two hole and you're facing a must win game in week four against the Detroit Lions, which is just sad to say, but it is what it is, guys, and that is the damn truth. For sure, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, guys. I want to thank you very much, as always, for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review. And get ready, because I'm telling you, that Sunday game against the Lions, you might think it will be easy. It's not going to be easy. The Saints never play well in Detroit. Matthew Stafford and the Lions are coming off a huge win against the Arizona Cardinals. I'll have a preview for that game uh, later this week. We'll see if Michael Thomas ends up playing or not. Um, But it is a must-win game for the New Orleans Saints, because 1-2 and right now, it's looking pretty ugly, very ugly, to say the least. But yet again, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you try and enjoy this week. I know it's going to be tough. No Victory Monday, no nothing. Um, But enjoy the rest of the week if you can, and stay tuned for another episode on the Straight Up Saints podcast.